Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the Jayzo Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazelmon.com slash jazelmodcast. And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> it's the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's actually makes It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. Welcome. Well, I know by the time everybody hears this, is going to be past St. Patty's Day. Yes, yes. But happy St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day. I even have a green clown nose on my microphone. I, I was In wondering if you would... St. Patrick's Day. I, I was going to say, I wonder if you noticed that. I noticed it, and I just realized that's why. It's because <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day, and yes. I'm wearing green. Yes. Sort of. It's kind of a shitty green, but it's green, just the same. Green... Jewelry, green top. Well, see, I get away with it every time, all the time, because I, I have green shoes. Oh, yeah, you got green sneaks. See, so, I, I don't have green sneaks. I have other colored shoes, but not green. I don't know why. So, um, this is episode 40. Really? Yes. Wow. And we've discussed this, and we're moving to Sundays now. Yeah. Um, for all the new listeners, for like the 1,800 to 2,000 brand new listeners that we picked up last Sunday, we want to say thank you and welcome to the show. Absolutely. 
Um, we ramble. We have a good time rambling. And we ramble. sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we cry. Oh. And but we ramble. That's that's the important thing. And we have a good time doing it. So yeah. welcome to the show. And I and we're switching to Sundays on account of them. Yes. On account of we. You, where did you find out? You now said? I got a report that says, okay, these you know. These certain days are the best days for podcasting, for like comedies is a certain day, um, entertainment is Sundays. They say that Sunday is the best day to release uh, an entertainment podcast, yeah, and that's yeah. what we're technically because we do still talk a lot about celebrities. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, yeah. and then you know health and fitness goes out on this day, and then yeah. you know shit goes out other days. But I, I kind of locked in on. The entertainment, and I was like, okay. So, what I did is I split two podcasts. They were pretty lengthy podcasts. Well, one lengthy podcast into two podcasts. Yeah. And um, I put one up on a Saturday. I looked at the numbers, and then I I looked at it again on Sunday when I put the second half up. And you would think that there would be more listeners Saturday to come back Sunday to listen to part two, but it was just the opposite. There was hmm. eighteen to 2,000 more listeners on Sunday. 1,800 to 2,000. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. 1,800 to 2,000 more listeners on Sunday huh. that... Um, I wonder if they... <laughs> and well, they listened to the second half? Yes. So well, because wonder what they thought about... Well, because I noticed that the Isn't first that half... is kind of like coming in the middle of a movie? Yes. Yeah. But there is there was a spike from not only ep- or part two of that, yeah. part one went up as well on oh, Sunday. It did. Yes. Oh. Maybe some people who listened to part one told their friends yes. to listen to part two. And maybe they also told them to listen to part one so they'd know what the fuck was going on. So. And maybe I'll lose 20 pounds tonight. I live in in a in a dream world of possibilities. <laughs> you never know. I well, mean, we're we're still going. If, if they if they if it spiked on both nights, then yes, some of them must have gone back and listened. You know, to the first one. Right. I would have if I was going to listen to the second half of a show. I'd want to hear the list. First the first, first one, yeah. That's just me. But we're so yeah. anyway. We're at number forty. Yes. Woo-hoo. And we're on Sunday night now. Yes. And I, I'm pondering whether or not I should start going, it's Sunday night. I know. I was just I was just about to say, the poor people that just joined us are going, wait a minute, didn't she just say they're on Sunday night? And didn't he just say, it's Monday night? Yeah, that might get confusing for them. So I might just open it with, it's you could, Sunday. If you can still get revved up. Sunday and Monday sound a lot alike, so it's probably easy to... Say, I mean, it would be hard to get revved over the word Tuesday or Thursday or yeah. Wednesday, but or even Friday, Saturday, no. But yeah, Sunday almost works like Monday. You Let's can see. almost pretend that you said Sunday all along and they just misheard. Yeah. Let's see. It's Sunday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. That works. Yep. That works. Feels just the same. Feels just the same. There you go. All right. So we're fixed. So I just have to remember to do it. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I snorted. <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I, I actually talked to you, you know, in advance about mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is there was something that was brought to my attention. Now I've been an advocate for the for who released this, and this is the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Um, they are a nonprofit organization that fights for independent creators as, as well as, you know, mainstream creators, but majority of it, 99% is independent creators mm-hmm. and the right of freedom of press. Mm-hmm. And because of some news that has come out to kind of debunk all this crap that I'm about to talk to you about, mm-hmm. um, they put out a new article, they put this article out. And I, I read it, and I, I just kind of brought me back to, you know, when I was the 20-year-old, you know, protester, you know. Viva mm. Huelga. Yes. Yeah, and other such things. Yes. So, 
what I'm going to talk about, folks, this actually starts in 1948. This is when it all kind of comes to a head. When when I was but eight years old. Yes. Not forget. Um, Let's not ask too much of a old lady's memory. Well, this is the start. This, oh, okay. it, you know, it carries on. Okay. And uh, I'll I'll read through it, and or not, I'm not going to read through it. Okay. Because I've already read through it twice, so I I feel that I can yeah. pretty much, you know, right. kind of regurgitate it, and we can kind of carry on a smooth conversation. Okay. Cool. And what this is, folks, is originally in 1948, there was a professor, and he was actually a doctor, PhD doctor, not MD doctor, and he produced a book called The Seduction of the Innocent. And what his thing was is he had a hang-up on the psychology of comic books. And he went in front of Congress in 1948, and he said, this is why we have murderers. This is why we have sociopaths. This is why we have homosexuals. This is why we have, you know... All the bad stuff. Bad economy. Yes. yes. And he was pulling from his book, for examples. You know, you know, this is why, this is why, you know, as far as kind of proving his case with examples that was in his book. Examples of what? Um, as to why juvenile delinquents was on the rise because it's connected to the stuff that they were reading in. Mainly it was comic books, but not only comic books. There was, you know, certain literature, like horror literature, uh, sci-fi, certain sci-fi literature that sort of was... we are what we read kind yes. of thing. Yes. And um, so they had a congressional hearing on this. And during this time, propaganda came about that, you know, if your child is reading a comic book, they're going to be the next serial killer. Trouble right here in yes. River City. Yes. And it didn't matter if it was Archie or... Donald Duck. Yes. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. Um, when it hit mainstream, it really didn't matter. In the beginning, it was more of, of the horror-based... Was his contention based on the... Um, content that they were reading or the fact that they were spending time reading that and not reading the classics or whatever he thought they should be reading. He felt that the content was inappropriate for children. Even like Donald Duck? Well, well, like I said, in the beginning, in the very first steps of this, it was all based on like Dick Tracy was a big no-no. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt. Dick Tracy was in the goddamn comic strips in the newspaper. Well, yeah, because but it was violent. You know, people were getting yeah, beat well, up and people would die. Oh, and then... Who's this guy? What was his name? Frederick... Let me see here, folks. I, I mean, just out of idle curiosity. Fred... I remember his name was Frederick. Let me see. Wertham. Wertham. <laughs> Wertham. Wertham. And, um, Fred, yeah, <laughs> that might explain why he's so hostile. So, well, okay, go ahead. No, you can jump in at any point. Well, I was, I was just, you know, I, I don't see much difference between him and anybody else who is, is trying to find a scapegoat for the problems of a whole bunch of people trying to live together in small places like countries. Right. You know, I mean, you and I have talked about how hard it is to live with someone. Yes. And very difficult to um, to live with another human being creatively. Right. Okay. Without at some point or other contemplating uh, murder and possibly suicide or, <laughs> you know, one, one or more of those options. And multiply that by the number of people in the given population in a town or a city or a country, which is still living with somebody. You may not be living in their house with them, but you're living in close enough proximity to your neighbors that that's living with somebody. That requires work. It, it's not easy to do. You 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 got to work at it to do it well. Right. You got to give and take and 
um, consider the other guy's situation and, and help out where you can and be helped when you need it and all of those kinds of things without which your society, your um, <clears throat> community is going to fail. And we see examples of that all the time, have done since fuck, the beginning. Okay, nobody's ever gotten along. No. He, I don't think humans were really ever meant to live together. <laughs> I seriously don't. Get together, make the baby, and go. Other than that, uh, people, especially those who take it upon themselves to decide what's causing everything, you know, like preachers. Preachers like to do that. You know, people come to preachers and say, what's the matter with the world? You know, why is my husband beating me? Because you're a bitch, that's why. Or whatever. <laughs> You know, or they go to their priest, or they go to some. There's, there's lots of go-to guys. Right. Okay. This, this guy. It'd be interesting to know what his PhD is in. I would imagine philosophy, but I don't know for sure. Psychology. I Psychology. Even worse. That's another go-to guy. The psychologist. The yeah. psychiatrist. You know, what's wrong with everybody? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with the world? Well, what's wrong is you're not taking responsibility for your own fucking actions. That's basically it. I yes. I so I just saved you ten thousand dollars, <laughs> if not more. Okay, if not more, in in shrink fees. But this guy has obviously let someone's questions to him go to his head. Right now, he thinks it's his responsibility to to find out what's wrong. And let's see, has anybody picked on comic books lately? Well, let's pick on that. You know, in 1948, again, no movies were there, but right. not, we didn't have the entertainment media that we have now. You know, he would have been, he'd have gone nuts now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. How old was he, by the way, at this point in time? Uh, I, I'm guessing he's an old fart, but yeah, I. Yeah, he was, he was. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Doesn't say. And but you can uh, you can here's an actual picture of him. Oh good. Let me take a look at that. Let's see. Oh fuck. Yeah. Nearly bald. Lots of gray. Everything's drooping. Gravity has not been his friend for years and years and years. <laughs> Wears glasses, can't see shit. Probably has a hearing aid, too. Okay, so he's he looks at least... Now, people back in the day looked older than they really were. Just because of reference times. Well, yeah, we take better care of ourselves now, theoretically. This guy is at least in his 60s, if not worse. Right. Okay, I'm guessing, but it looks to me like... I He <laughs> could maybe pull off 55, but I don't think so. He looks like he's at least in his 60s. And somewhere along the line, somebody's convinced him that he knows what he's talking about, whether it's been people that ask him questions that he's answered for them, or just his own ego working. Who knows? You know. It's, it's Okay, this is how it starts. is because he originally, he sets forth on the basis of his whole foundation was, like I said, based on the horror, sci-fi, uh, detective type of comic books. But as... Things happen as word travels. By the time it gets to the general public, gets to the mom and the dads of that era, it was comic books were bad. Oh yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna go for that because then they don't have to take responsibility for the problem that they haven't taught their child to behave himself. You now know? this is what actually turns my stomach because for some reason in America, even today. Comic books is looked down upon as a form of of literature. It's just a different medium of literature. It's looked down upon as a poor form right. of literature. Yes. And it's it's like that when, even According today. to a lot of people, has no redeeming qualities whatsoever, uh, which is bullshit. But, you know, hey, everybody's entitled to his own opinion. You don't like comic books, don't buy them. Right. But for me, I feel it, it's exactly the equal... It has equal value as, as a, a, a novella or a novel, a book of short story anthologies. If you read, if you read, I'm sorry. It's okay. 
Well, it's because the wire's hanging down. Oh, it's, and I'm it used to be jiggling the wires. Yeah, it used to, um, you know, run into the, the yes. actual bar itself. Okay, well, let's get this all straightened out, and then everybody can stop saying, "What's that interference I'm hearing?" It's me trying to cover up my legs because my legs are chilly. There we go. Okay, I'm all done. <laughs> I won't move anymore. So now I have to get. Yeah, you lost your train. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, but. Comic oh, books, people oh, were looking down on right. comic books. And if if you read, you read. It doesn't matter if it's got pictures or not. You're reading. You're becoming yeah. smarter. Well, not necessarily, but you're becoming adept at reading, if nothing else. Well, at least you're going to be literate. To a degree. Yes. We could go into what constitutes literacy, as That's far as true. that goes. But the fact, that, the fact that you're reading a comic book... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's such a fucking stretch to say that's why uh, Son of Sam did what he did, as an example. Right, right. Uh, did you see The Music Man? Have you ever seen The Music Man? Yes. Okay. You know where he's talking about, the they were they were playing billiards, and billiards was okay, but when they switched to pool, right. that starts with P, that rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble. Okay. And he got the whole community up in arms because he convinced them by saying it with enough conviction, conviction and enthusiasm that there are young ones who, just because there was a pool table in the billiard parlor, okay, that the, the whole youth of the town was going to go to hell in a handbasket. And they were right on that bandwagon with him. And what they forgot to notice was his motive. He wasn't concerned about the kids no. in the town. In fact, the kids in the town were fine. He was concerned because he wanted to sell his band uniforms and band <laughs> instruments to the parents of the kids. Yes. That was the whole motive behind the thing. Had nothing to do with his sincerity about what was causing a perceived, which he made them perceive, difficulty with their children. Right. You know, he'd say, "Well, are they are they doing this and are they doing that?" And they go, "Oh, yes, they are." You know, "Oh my God, that must mean," you know, well, it was it, all horseshit. So he could promote his money making venture. Well, I was going to say that you, use that just a minute. Okay. Use that same concept now. And take a look at, what's his face? Frederick. Okay. What is the name? Warsom? The man's Warsom. pushing something. If nothing else, his own reputation. And he's found a, a vehicle to push his reputa reputation with. Right. People in, in 1948 had just come through the Depression and the war. They were not, if anything, they didn't want to pay attention to anything. They wanted to chill, relax, have some fun, kick back. Let life be nice again for a while without the threat of war and famine and pestilence and all that shit. And kids started pretty much doing what they wanted to do. People lost control of their kids, stopped taking responsibility for their kids' actions, stopped teaching their kids how to behave themselves, and the next thing you know... Kids are starting to misbehave and do things they shouldn't be. And some guy comes along and says, well, I know why that is. It's because of comic books. Yes. And parents don't want to have to face that it's their problem. So they go, yeah, by God, that's what it is. Well, it's all to, bullshit. But to, anyway. Well, to loop it back, yeah. what I was going to say is, is what he was slinging was the... The his book. Remember, I, I opened with this. He had go. a book, Seduction go. of the Innocent. There you go. That's what he was selling. It is to this day. It is still a top seller. And if you could find a first edition copy of it, yeah, that's worth money right now. Really? So that was a. And I've never been in favor of burning books. However, yeah, if I found a copy of his, I don't think I'd be inclined to read it. But maybe I would just to see how fucked up he really was. So what would happen is in, in neighborhoods and communities, moms and dads would get together. They would take their children's comic books. By this time, like I said, by the time they got to the public, it was no longer about crime or horror comics or sci-fi comics. It was just comic books. Of course, of course. So the whole community would get together. 
and they would have comic book burning rallies. And there's a picture oh at the very God. bottom. And this was a regular weekend event. Jesus. Now, the interesting thing on that is, folks, is if you go and you dig through comic book burning rallies, find old newspaper articles of children setting the house on fire, burning comic books. <laughs> like that. And you will find at least a half a dozen. On purpose to, to burn the house down or on purpose to burn the comic book? Um, what, they didn't have sense enough to know you can't burn a book inside a house? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. The first one I read was that they burned the comic book to burn the house down. <laughs> so that, you know, that really... How weird. That really launched... Uh, I don't remember ever hearing about this at all. But then, like I said, I was eight years old at the time. Let's see. I read comic books with my parents' blessing. Here's another picture of... And I turned out fairly decent. <laughs> fairly decent. Of their dumping oh, yeah. boxes of comic books into this. And so was there ever a follow-up? Did they say, now, see, now, we told you, now that all the comic books are burnt, look how good everything's going? Oh, no, it gets better. Oh, yeah, I bet it does. So after the congressional hearing... The Congress got together and they decided that the federal government was responsible for the youth of America. <laughs> and mm. they produced an office, which was a, uh, you know, a branch. Oh, I can't remember what part of the branch it was, but it was an actual office in the, the federal government. Mm -hmm. And they were the upholders of the Comic Code Authority. The Comic Code Authority, every single comic book to ever be made from 1948 to 1998, every single page went through them for approval. If they did not have the seal of approval, they could not be sold in like the, you know, because this is before the age of comic book stores. This was, you know, supermarkets and newsstands. And if they didn't have that seal of approval, they could not be sold to the public. Well, they did the same thing with movies at just about the same time. They, they decided to start censoring movies. You know, if you, if you look, you know how I, I'm a big fan of old movies. If yes. you look at any movie made before the blue laws, as we call them, came into effect. There's a lot more nudity, and I'm talking movies made in the in the silent era, right, right, as well as talkies, okay. But in the 20s and 30s, right, for the most part, um, there's a lot of semi nudity, uh, and by semi nudity, I mean you, there was there was a lot of bareback. And this is in mostly women. Of course, men could take their shirts off all the time. Right. Yeah, so much for equality. Uh, but there'd be a lot of women undressing, for example, in a uh, in a movie, you know, and you'd see a bare back and and bare shoulders, and uh, a lot of times their dresses were very cut, re very revealingly, and you could you could you very could see risque their tits, for the time, you know, yeah. and uh, and then. These laws start, plus there was, uh, uh, there are some old movies where men and women are in the same bed together in the movie, you right. know, talking or doing whatever they were doing. They weren't having sex, but I mean, whatever else they were doing. Um, when these laws went into effect, they stopped all that. Women, men and women had to have twin beds at the, at the most. If they were going to be in the same room, they were going to be twin beds with a night table in between. Right. Okay, that was the prerequisite. There was no just push them together when you weren't looking stuff. No, there was a fucking nightstand in between. At least one, <laughs> if not two. Right. Okay. Plus, the, the language sensors kicked in, the, the, uh, uh, nudity, for want of a more accurate term, the nudity sensors kicked in, the activity sensors kicked in, and people expected to be able to go to the movies then, and if it was a family feature and not see any of those nasty, objectionable things right. that had heretofore been seen. 
because of the same mentality, uh, possibly even because of this moron that that managed to convince people that it was these nasty outside influences that were making their children go out and slit people's throats and uh, rape, pillage, burn, whatever else they were doing. You know, I mean... <sighs> there were... Okay, here comes the fun part. Same era. Same era. <clears throat> this is what got banned. And, the, you know, since you were talking about this, you know, what could not be showed or displayed in the right, film. This is right. what you could not put into a comic book. Okay. No vampires. Oh. No zombies. Oh. No werewolf. Were no. they afraid people were going to be go out and beat them or what? What was what was the objection to them? No guns. What well, guns I can see because no people, knives. people would think that uh, that a child would see a guy in a cartoon use a weapon and think, oh, all right, I'll go use a weapon. I, that doesn't happen, but I can see where they would think that. But a vampire? Yeah. What, I'm going to grow my teeth longer? Let me see. Mm, are they longer yet? Mm, I'm still trying. What? You can't. I mean, come on. Um, so no gun, no knife. Um, if you portray an officer of what the law. a rock? Well, you can kill somebody just as dead with was, a rock as you can a gun or a knife. I was going to say, I don't think there was anything about a rock. Probably not. Um, if you portray an officer of the law, they have to be portrayed in a positive manner. Did they have to be Irish, too? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. No cleavage. Uh, no oh, bear, hell no. No, no bare skin no cleavage. cleavage. No, no. Um the higher the collar, the better. Yes. And the longer the skirt, the better. Well, in fact, there's one I was looking online. I should print it out. There's a, a you, you can see the original drawings because they would do the original pencil drawings and they'd photo, uh, what is it called? They, it was before the photocopy. It was photo. Oh, mimeograph. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the person would ink it mm -hmm. and then they'd send the inks to the Comic Code Authority office mm -hmm. and oh, to God. be, you know, to oh, be approved. God. Well, there was a, an issue of Supergirl, and it did. She was wearing a, a dress, but it, it showed just a little bit of cleavage, mm -hmm. and they whited it out. Oh, I don't doubt that bit. And the funny thing is, is at, because then it shows, you know, the actual drawn pic, you know, picture of Supergirl mm -hmm. to the whited out version of it, and then the colored version of the whited out, mm -hmm. and it just atomically, it, it just did not look like. Like one big boob An or something. Anatomic. Anatomic. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s. Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10-50% to 50 off on selected items. 
get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger. Badder. Better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. So yeah. they, they couldn't do that. Well, that's how they made dolls. You used to make, have you ever seen old dolls? I don't think, well, I guess they still make them that way. You don't see dolls with little labias and little vaginas and shit. No. Or little pricks. You don't see that. Penises, pardon me. You don't see that. You, know, that, you think that there's some kind of, it's cheaper to make them without them reason behind that? No. No. It's because they don't want them to say, Mommy, my dolly's got a little wiggly-waggly thing there. How come? And I don't have a wiggly-waggly thing here. And then Mommy's got to explain to the kid why she doesn't have a penis, you know. I was going to say, doesn't that come with parenting <laughs> anyway? I mean, isn't well, that eventually... yeah, but not at the doll-playing age. Right, right, right. Okay. What they, what they missed was that if a child was going to look at its doll's pussy... And try to relate it to their own. Right. Why wouldn't they do the same thing with a doll that's got a rounded bottom with no features? Why, if, if a kid was going to look at the doll and go, that's not like mine, wouldn't it do the same thing with one that didn't have any features? That's when true. It, when the kid go, hey man, I got something down here and this doll doesn't have it. How come, mom? But they don't. Because at the doll playing age, they're not really that concerned with that. Right. Not really, you know. But, <sighs> mm. this is a fucked up society, okay? Our, especially in the United States. We're a fucked up society. We have got so many ills as a society. And a lot of them are in my opinion, stem from our inability to face the fact that, one, we are, as human beings, animals. Right. Okay. And two, we are sexual beings. Right. Okay. And as such, we are going to have urges. Yes. As men will often say, I got urges, you know. <laughs> Jesus, I can't help it, honey. I got urges. Yeah, well, I got a fucking headache too. So what's your problem? <laughs> People, for, for too many years, we've relied on, on religion to dictate how we're going to behave. And we've come to believe that it's appropriate. It makes sense. Oh, yes, we shouldn't do this because the church says we shouldn't because God won't like us if we do. You know? Right. And, and, and we've built misery into our existence for so many people. Even today, look at all of the, all the people who are not in the norm. <clears throat> right. Whatever you think the norm is. Look at all the people who are outside of the norm and how they struggle with Accepting themselves with not being accepted by those who are in the norm. Right. And I don't care whether you're talking racial, sexual, or what. Okay. Whatever the norm is in your perception. 
all the people who are outside of the norm are going, what the fuck, what, what did I do? This is just who I am. Why can't I be me? Why is it, why is it that somebody's telling me I got to be this way or that way because they won't like me or God won't like me or, or I'll hurt somebody? Well, you know, right. we've done this to ourselves and we continue to do it to ourselves and we will continue to do it to ourselves until we start accepting responsibility for our own actions. It still comes back to just that. I agree with you. It's all it is. And people are going to, people are <clears throat> going to bully. People are going to, um, condemn. And not just with words. They're going to, they're going to jail and, and, and correct and ultimate punish as long as we let them. I agree. Just because somebody is out of the norm. Now, let me be clear. I am not talking about literal, actual mass murderers or, or baby rapers or anything like that. Right, that's right. that's something outside of the norm that we've, I believe, also created with our refusal, refusal to be ex, uh, to be uh, responsible to ourselves to teach our children to do the same. I'm not talking about those kinds of people when I say the people who are outside right. no, of the no, norm. No. Okay. Uh, if, if we don't like the fact that we've got so damn many people in prison anymore that we haven't, we can't keep, we can't keep them, we're, now we're cutting them loose. Right. Because we can't afford them. You know how much money the prison system costs this country. Billions of dollars a year. You know, because Somebody did something that somebody didn't like, and somebody said, well, by God, I'm going to make sure he doesn't do that again, and prosecutes, winds up in jail, whatever it is. Yeah. Smoke a joint, slap a kid, whatever, when they don't really belong in jail. Okay? Right. And again, I'm not talking about the the really, really bad guys. I'm talking about people that are stupid and do stupid things. And, and yes, need to re- redirection and correction, ad- I, admittedly. But not 13 or 14 years in prison. No. Okay. I was going to say, can I spin off of doing stuff, something stupid? Sure. Okay, that's a good, that's a good pickup point. Po- yeah, good pickup okay. point. Good. I knew I'd hit one sooner or later. Okay, so we're at the point where they've created the, the Comet Code Authority. Yeah. And if you don't have this symbol, you couldn't sell a comic book as a vendor. You could like not a, like a good housekeeping seal of approval. Yes, yes, yes. and which is also in the same venue. But anyway, I digress. But and this is what cracked me up. There was people, and not like a ha ha funny cracked me up, but mm. it's just like if I was alive during that time, I could totally see myself doing this. Mm. There were people that were fighting against it. And there was a black market for non-approved comic codes. But. How fun. Yes. But if black you were caught. Comics, oh my but God. if you were caught. Oh, Jesus. You were going to jail. Oh, yeah. Well, not just jail. It was a federal offense. You were going to prison. Wow. For a comic book that did not have the seal of approval. So that's why that's where kind of what you were saying and, and how this. How did come, they get it stopped? You said 1998. They 1998. Finally, they finally yes. reversed themselves. What? Well, what prompted that? Okay, when you want me to go ahead and jump to the end of it? Well, no, I'm just was curious. You okay. don't have to if you've got more to put in the middle. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, we can jump there. What what had happened was the comic book legal defense fund, I believe, opened in the 70s. Okay, and like I said, they had been helping. Independent creators against these mass corporation lawsuits or, you know, the government coming after them. Mm -hmm. Well, I was a big advocate for the Legal Defense Fund. In fact, I, in my twenties, I I probably sent them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I really did. Mm -hmm. I honestly, um, in fact, when I had my office, I had a big, big old picture of the comic book, uh, 
or the the Comic Code Authority symbol. Mm-hmm. It was like, but yay big, mm-hmm. but probably about eight by ten. But it had a big old Buster sign through it. That's you know, it was yeah. just my yeah. my thing. Well, they finally got enough signatures. They got enough money to bring in top lawyers into this firm. They went in front of the Supreme Court and they said, "It is censor- censorship. Yeah, it is violating the First Amendment. Absolutely." And the court said, "Yeah." You're right. And that was it. That's all it took. Is for Why them. did they have to go to the Supreme Court with it? Why did Because they... they they were they were denied each time until they to the point where they had to Who the go. hell could deny that? What actual jurisprudence <clears throat> body could deny that that was censorship? No, it was because they were saying that it was um, it was law. You know, they they. Well, yeah, it was law because it's a law about censorship. What the fuck? So, eh, well, anyway. so in 1998, it was it was uh, you know God abolished. Bless, God bless the guys that did that. And um, I mean, you know, we, okay. Go for it. As Americans, we like to say that we hold dear the rights the Constitution guarantees us, okay? Okay. Every one of us, at one time or another, has been around somebody who was saying or doing something that we thought was inappropriate to say or do. Correct. Mostly say. And instead of being a good American and... Just walking away, letting it go. We jump all over them. How dare you say things like that? You're not a good American when you say things like that. I'm not going to talk to you anymore, and I'm not going to let my children play with your children, and on and on and on, all kinds of condemnation because a man exercised his constitutional rights to freedom of speech. Yes. See, the thing about freedom of speech that we tend to forget very conveniently is it doesn't mean freedom of speech as long as you say the things I think are right. It means freedom of speech. That means that somebody can come up and say, you know, I think that the American flag is fucked. In the first place, it's stupid, red, white, and blue. Whoever heard of red, white, and blue for a flag and those stupid stars not only that, I don't think we ought to even have a flag. I don't think we should have a flag in schools. We already have people saying we shouldn't have a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag in schools. Yeah, I've heard that. And prayer and a lot of other exercises of freedom of speech. Okay? And so until we start recognizing that, that we have a responsibility to one another to allow you to say what you want to say, even if it's ugly to me. Right. Okay. You could say, I think it's cool to rape babies. You could say that on national television. I think baby raping is cool. Okay. Now, I might think you were an ass for saying it. Right. But I will defend to the death your right to say it. Because of the Constitution of the United (laughs) States. Now... That's not advocacy of your speech. Right. That's advocacy of your right to speak. And the easiest way to stop you saying on national television that I think baby raping is cool is exercise my right to turn the knob. Right. Change the channel. I don't have to listen to you anymore. (laughs) If enough people don't like what you're saying... They can turn the knob, too. If there are people who do like what you're saying, they can listen to you. It's not going to make me a baby raper to hear you say it. It's not going to make my my son a baby raper to hear somebody say, I think raping babies is really cool. I mean, if that's all it took, holy shit, everybody be baby rapers. We'd all be in trouble. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) If if hearing somebody say, I think baby rapers are cool, made somebody become a baby raper, they would have become a baby raper anyway. It didn't it wouldn't require the 
permission, so to speak, of hearing someone say it on national television. And that's where we get ourselves into trouble a lot. We think that if they hear it in the media, they're going to do it. It's like my big piss and moan about Miley Cyrus riding her ball naked. (laughs) I don't think for a minute that my granddaughter is going to go out, get naked, and ride a ball somewhere. No. Okay? If she is, she was going to do it anyway. I don't happen to enjoy watching Miley Silas twerking. But that's me, and I have I have opposable thumbs. I can change the channel. So can everybody else. So if you don't like what you're hearing, walk away. You don't have to you don't have to defend your you don't you don't have to protect your morals by attacking someone who has different morals. Your morals are there. They're built in. You're going to have them no matter what. Right. Somebody standing there and telling you something that's different from what you believe isn't going to make you stop believing it. All you have to do is turn around and walk away. That's all you have to do. You don't have to fight them. You don't have to shoot them. You don't have to call a cop on them. You don't have to do anything. Just turn around and walk away. If you're in a restaurant and some idiot is being an idiot in the restaurant and he isn't going to leave, then you get up and go. Yeah, you missed your dinner. Yeah, you didn't get to stay in the restaurant. Yeah, it isn't right. But it is freedom of speech. That's right. And I'm sorry, but that's that's the way it's supposed to work. And we've got we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people in prison because we have thousands and thousands of lawyers willing to prosecute for similar objectionable behavior behavior. Um, I, I I can't help but smile. I hate because to be philosophical on that. I, I was gonna like say that. I can't help but smile because I told you before we started recording. I know you recording. did. You said I would go off on this, and I did. Oh, gold! That was good. That was gold right there. Um. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you one thing. What the significance to this is with me, other than okay. you know, um, investing in the legal defense fund. There was an online version of the introduction of the innocent, and I read through it. And I was very young. Well, I was probably about 15, 16. And there was a specific term that was in the book, and it just stuck with me. And it it, it said, comic books were the dark myth of the devil. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. That year. Is that where you got dark myth? I opened Dark Myth Productions. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's that's where it I came from. It. Well, you know, in fairness to the man, not that he deserved it, but in fairness to the man and his theory, all right. All he's saying is is the the, the other side of the coin of what I'm saying. Right. Because I'm saying if you teach your children how to behave themselves, They'll get a fair feeling of how to behave themselves. They won't do it the same way you do it, but they, at least they'll know right from wrong. Right. Well, well, and all he's saying is kind of the opposite. If you subject them to what he perceives as an immoral message in a comic book. Right. You notice I said he perceives that. Right, right. Okay. Then he's saying that that immoral message will click with the kids. They'll pick it up and go with it. You know, and, and sort of to some degree, I guess he, he, he has a valid point. You know, because if you see somebody in a magazine, you're a little kid, you see somebody in a magazine offing somebody and then you go, oh, that looks like fun. I think I'll do that. I suppose, I suppose, and maybe it could happen, but you'd have to get a whole lot of that input you know right i mean when you're with your kid day to day to day to day to day and night to night to night you you're constantly inputting loving kindness if if you're a good parent right your 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 actions are showing your child how being gentle and kind and loving produces good feelings and all that kind of stuff. They, right. they learn that from you, from watching you. 
And if you walk up and hit your wife in the in the chops in the morning because she didn't get breakfast on the table fast enough, what do you think your kid's going to do when he's a big boy? Yeah, same same. You know, walk up thing. and hit his wife in the chops because she didn't make breakfast fast enough because that's what he learned. Yes. You know, so yes, to a degree, if they had the same amount of input from this negative comic book, okay, and I mean in hours and days, just like they do with your the parents, then I guess, yeah, if that was all they got in the way of input, then yes, they could possibly pick something like that up. But you're talking about, what, 20 minutes of reading a comic book? Yeah. With a, in, in a kid who has a, an attention span of a, of a grapefruit? <laughs> I mean, please. It's just not even... It's not like they sit and read them religiously, and there's a reason why I use that particular word. It isn't like they sit and read them religiously day after day after day going, how can I get meaner? How can I get uglier? How can I get, you know... It doesn't work that way. Well, here's the fun part. Oh, there's a fun part. Good. There's a fun part. Good. I like fun parts. In 2013... Um, that was just last year. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Wart Wartham estate finally released all his notes for review. Mm. And they did a review of all his notes. Mm. According to his notes, mm-hmm. children that read comic books had at least a 5% higher IQ than those that did not. <laughs> because they learned how to read. <laughs> the children that read comic books were least likely to be involved in any illegal activity because they were involved in reading comic books. That was in his notes? This was in his yeah, notes. See? So like I said, he was just pushing a book to start with. This is my favorite one. I love this one because I started laughing. Even back then, in 1948, the majority of comic book readers were men from the age 18 to 30 (laughs) that were World War II veterans. Ah. Because that's what they would get in their care get, or their their care package, yes, was a comic book. And that's what kept them entertained while they were in the ditches. Yeah, and we all know how they came back, baby rapers and mass murderers. Not. And the best part about it? Yeah. There was a graph of previous, before he went to Congress, his the sale of his book, to the graph of after he went to Congress. Mm. A 500% increase mm. in profit. And that's what it all comes down to. And unfortunately, it's like the Music Man all over again. I was gonna say you you were smart enough. You picked up on that right away. Well, that's because I know that people in high places put on their pants one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. My dad was a preacher for crying out loud. I learned that lesson so long ago. And I know that people want to put people on a pedestal. People want to have somebody to look forward or up to. They want to have somebody that they can come to, to, to confess all and to get blessed for it and go back home and continue behaving the same way they did because that's the easy way to live. I've learned, I knew that when I was a kid because I saw it in action. So, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me that people are still doing that. Well, at least, you know, people don't do that anymore. That's at least, that's a plus, right? Oh, what? You know, they're not burning books anymore. Really? I was Wait, waiting. What fucking rock do you live under? Well, I was trying to set up to read this you last... Were trying to, you are trying to get me to bite on that <laughs> one, and I, I'm sorry, but no. Unfortunately, that shit still goes on. No, because apparently, it says, apparently we are here again with parents groups on the side of the comic industry and others. I only hope that this current debate rages on and the cooler heads prevail and that things do not escalate to censorship. Luckily, unlike 1948, there is better access to information and, for the most part, a more open-minded view of the world. Plus, there are organizations like the CBL, 
DF, which is the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, mm, mm. to pick up the fight should the wrong lines get crossed. So it's coming back around. Well, of course, we still have censorship. What are you talking about? Look at, at, at television shows that have to be on at night. Look at movies that have to be rated R. Right. Or X or triple X versus PG or G. Right. Or I always, what does that mean? PG and G. Is that good and pregnant? I don't know. When I was a kid, PG was pregnant. If somebody was PG, they were pregnant. So that's always kind of confused me. But, uh, you know, we've been censored. We're still censored. We will always censor because we're such egotists that we think we need to tell other people how to behave. Uh, Yeah. And it just blows Because obviously we need to because, shit, they're not behaving the way we do, so they must need guidance. We better tell them what to do. And let's start with telling them what they can't do. That'll make it easier. I am so glad I picked this topic. <laughs> I knew well, it. I hope, I, I knew. I hope our listeners re- recognize facetiousness in my voice when it's there. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, okay. I'm sure that. I hope so. But uh, and I close with that thought is that there's new group, parent group organizations that are fighting to bring back the Comic Code Authority. Um, and they're actually trying to bring it in front of court, even though the court has already said that it is, you know, a, uh, it's essentially, it's, uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Right in the middle of a sentence. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a violation of the, the First Amendment. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's where you were going. So it just amazes me because, you know, there's, there's just, you just can't end. You just can't win. Even when you win, you still can't win. Because there's people that will always oppose you, whatever you do. Yes. That's why you do what you do quietly. Privately. Yes. That's why you don't wear your, your heart on your sleeve. You ever hear that term? Oh, absolutely. Wear your heart on your sleeve. Why you don't want to wear your heart on your sleeve. Because you want somebody coming up going, what you got that on your arm for? You motherfucker. You know, or some other, you know. Term of endearment. (laughs) Privacy is important. The way you maintain your privacy is you stop trying to tell other people how to live. Right. Stop it. You're no fucking authority. And if anybody's listening to me thinking I am, forget it. I'm not either. Okay. I just kind of can read the writing on the wall. Because I've been looking at walls for 74 years. But nobody is the authority. Yes, we have put people in positions of authority. Right. Judges and lawyers and, well, not lawyers, but I mean judges and, 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 and congressmen and all those, which we may have stupidly put in positions of authority, but we did just the same. But nobody's an authority on how you should live except you. And if you keep it to yourself how you live, keep your fucking mouth shut, then nobody will know. And you don't have to, uh, you don't have to deal with somebody coming to you and saying, you shouldn't be doing that. Why are you doing that? Because they won't know you're doing it. That's for your inside stuff, okay? But if you go to the grocery store and you buy a comic book and some asshole behind you goes, you shouldn't be buying that, that's dirty, or whatever they think it is, you know, then we have a little bit of a problem because you can't keep that private, you know, unless you could get them shipped to you in a plain brown wrapper or something. (laughs) You know, there's always going to be somebody trying to tell you how to behave. And the only way you can stop that is by not listening to them. Don't engage them. Don't turn around and say, what the fuck do you mean? I have a right. Buy the comic book and leave. You know. They, they, they're they like parasites. They feed off of, of your reaction. Right. That's what keeps them going. You know, they go home and they'll tell them, boy, I got one today, honey. Man, you should have seen this guy. He was buying a 
<laughs> oh my God, he was buying a Playboy magazine and he had his child in the cart with him at the same time. And I put him straight. <laughs> you know, and she'll say, praise God or praise Buddha or praise whoever they praise. You sure did, honey. <laughs> you know, you did your job. Yep. Now, there, there's a whole bunch of fucked up people in the world. You know, and I'm not necessarily a separatist, but I don't hang out with the fucked up people of the world. I I go out of my way not to. Right. I don't want to hang out with them. I don't even want to drive by them. I had some guy shaking his fist at me from his car the other day. I don't even know what I did. I'm looking at him like, what the fuck? And he's shaking his fist at me like if I thought if the man could have been out of his car and me out of my car, he would had his fist right in my nose, you know? I don't know what I did. He was pissed off. I'm like, well. So I waved at him. Hi. I didn't know what else to do. You know, I could have left it alone at that, but I thought, nah, that's not me. I'm going to wave at his ass. You know, so I waved at him, and then I just drove on and parked my car and hoped he didn't key it and left and went in the grocery store. But, you know, it's... Grow up, people. Grow up. And with that thought... I I am very very happy with the way this turned out. Well, we did sort of go through the hour, didn't we? Yes, we did. Oh, you were supposed to remind me ten minutes ago. It was time to take a pain pill. Oh, my bad. That's okay. I got caught caught up in what you were saying. Uh, so did I. I. Forgot to take my pill. <laughs> so for for our fortieth episode, mm-hmm. I am David K Montoya, and I am S. Averbank. And by God, you definitely heard what we think. It sure did. And now you know. Good night. See you next time. Good night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's pick it up. Let's actually make some. Hey, see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.